Welcome to the Post-Christian Podcast. Our mission is to make disciples in a post-Christian culture. I'm Eric Bryant, one of the executive pastors at Gateway Church in Austin, author of Not Like Me, and my new book, Fruitful, Becoming the Person God Created You to Be. I'm also providing resources at ericbryant.org. Aaron McManus, it's great to see you. Thanks for joining the Post-Christian Podcast. Oh man, thank you so much for having me. I feel like we've known each other for so long. Gosh, I mean, you were a little boy. I remember meeting you. You probably remember me here telling this story many times. Maybe you, your dad has shared it. But my first time I met you, I think you were three. And I asked you what you wanted to be when you grew up. I was expecting fireman, police yes. officer, yes. Spider-Man. You know, yes. And you said, I'm going to tell people about Jesus. It's so crazy. And I remember My thinking, dad got me young. <laughs> well, it has been fun, you know, these last 10 years. I've, I've moved away here in Austin now, but just watching your impact at Mosaic, you know, you were in New York for a while. I think you were in New yeah. York when I left, when we moved. And, but you've been not only involved with Mosaic, but all the other enterprises you and your dad yeah. are doing. Uh, yeah. I'm just especially curious about the Battle Ready podcast. I just love hearing what's happening in your life, hearing what's happening with Irwin. But but it's to me what's really powerful about it is how open and vulnerable you are. Talk about Thank the you. beginnings of the Battle Ready podcast. Where did that come from, and how has he yeah. evolved? Well, so I think. Well, it's been a journey, right? We just realized we just passed our hundred and seventeenth episode. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We talk too much. That's too much talking. (laughs) But uh, we started it about five years ago when when we were launching uh, the Mosaic Venice campus. And I kind of went to my dad and I was like, look, like I'm leading this campus. I I understand leadership more than I understand communication. (laughs) So would you come out and just do a series of interviews with me and we can talk through scripture. We can have like a real life conversation. I can ask you questions. And then we can kind of do our talk like that with a little kind of altar call at the end. And I don't, I don't know why it worked, but it worked. And, and the thing grew and it was Wednesday nights and it was in Santa Monica, which was ironic because Santa Monica and Venice were right right next to each other. And, uh, and, and we used to make the joke that it was mosaic Venice in Santa Monica, which is so not funny now. Right. Uh, But, uh, but we started there. And so we had done a series of 10, 10 episodes. And then, you know, then the next year we did a second season and did another 10 and, and then the third year we did another 10 and then we stopped. And so COVID happened and I was like, I'm going crazy. Can we please pick up the Bad Ready podcast again? And my dad was like, sure, let's do it. We're not doing anything else. We were actually shooting a show for another channel. And, and, and we decided to just go in his back house and shoot this podcast and have one of our guys edit it. And, and we just started firing off. And, and it was a little bit of, of a different context because I think we felt a little more free to go into politics, to go into church theology or church culture, to go into the business world, to talk about all of it. And and it was like a, that was it became this kind of free place, especially during like a lockdown. I, you don't know what a lockdown is because you're in Austin. No, yeah, but, so uh, we had a couple weeks. You guys had a couple years, no, I think. We were a couple years, and 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 the beginning for us was bad. Like we you, we couldn't really leave. We weren't allowed to. We had curfews. We weren't really allowed to leave the house. And if you left, you were definitely shamed. So it kind of became. And I don't. I know Texans don't understand that. And I'm a Texan at heart. I was born in Dallas. So that's I, you right, know, that's to right. my dad, I'm like, there's no curfew. I'm fine. 
but there wasn't anything to do. So we were focusing on this podcast and really just wanted to ask questions that I think a lot of people were not comfortable to ask. And so that's where it started. And now what it's come into, we started doing it twice a week, plus year and a half. And now it's just on Fridays. And uh, we just ask questions. We like engage with our, I guess, our audience, our friends and ask big questions. We just did an episode this week that's coming to come out next week called God is Zero. Mm talking about like the origin story of God. I had a friend ask me like, where does God come from? And mm-hmm. so I asked my dad, you know, like, okay, dad, I don't know the answer to that. Where does God come from? And so we started getting into this kind of origin of God. And so it kind of became this place where like, there's no rules. You know, I think our, our faith is pretty clear, but we're, this space we are going like, well, let's just ask everything and anything and everything of the sun and not feeling uh, awkward about it. And so it's kind of that church adjacent space for us, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And, but we've started lots of fights. We get into lots of controversies yeah. and the McManus way, you know? Well, and that's what I was going to bring up. I mean, you are delving into subjects that a lot of people are trying to avoid because yeah. you, you will end up making half the people mad. But I feel like yeah. some of it may be just knowing you and your dad and your character and your love for God. Like, I think a lot of people who know you can hear it and move with you and, you know, and explore with you yeah. and wonder with you. But yeah. I do, I do actually think you're probably going to connect with people who aren't as eager to listen to the church that's kind of avoiding hot topics. Like, yeah. even though you're ruffling some feathers, are you finding people who aren't in the church interacting with you, listening, uh, delving into spiritual yeah. things because of this conversation you have? Yeah, actually, it's actually really interesting because, you know, growing up as a pastor's kid is really cool when you're a kid and then you start realizing it's not so it's it's interesting, but it's but not interesting for the right ways, the right reasons always. And so I struggled with, you know, my identity and claiming mosaic because there was a lot that came with that. Right. The moment they know your dad started mosaic and mosaics rather well known, especially kind of in the city of Los Angeles, it, it made things different. And so, but now it's that already. Now I'm way more eager to share about Mosaic. I'm like, I'm a part of Mosaic, but I don't tell people about that already. And I got a, I woke up, <laughs> I woke up to a message from one of my really good friends in Miami. And she runs a really cool jewelry company that's absolutely blowing up. And she knows I'm a Christian. She knows, she knows I believe in Jesus. Uh, she knows that's my alarm r- reminding me that you are not going to be late to Eric Bryant's podcast. <laughs> that's great. Um, and, and she sends me a screenshot from a creative director in London who sent her our podcast on creativity. Wow. And yeah. she doesn't, I don't, I, would, I, would, I don't think she would say she's a faith person. Uh, and I don't even know the guy in London. He just randomly found it and, and has been like a, a listener, a part of the audience and sent it to her. And she sent it to me and she's like, LOL, I never knew you had a podcast. Some <laughs> things you've been hiding from me. <laughs> But I, awesome. I think for us, it's been really cool to kind of have like our friends who don't know God or our friends who, who know God, but necessarily don't feel comfortable in church, be able to access some content and be a part of it, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true. And I remember during the pandemic, it almost felt like for you guys, it was just a, a, a new space to start having conversations with people who weren't going to necessarily tune in on, right. on yeah. Sundays to watch Mosaic. Yeah, I would. I the other day, you, uh, your dad mentioned a VHS tape I sent him. Yeah, yeah, it's. And I it's, have it in my house right now. Yes. I still, I do not know how I ended up with it. I promise I did not steal it when I moved. <laughs> but uh, your dad texted me uh, that cost like a thousand dollars when I first bought it. 
but it was on paradigms. And the reason I yes. even bring it up was part of what intrigued me when I first met your dad, I think it was 1993, he was doing a conference called Leading the Innovative Church. And wow. innovation in church didn't usually end up in the no. same phrase and sentence. No. I would love to hear about some of the innovations because you've had to innovate these last few years. Yeah. What are some of the things that you've been a part of and you've seen Mosaic do well kind of coming into this post-pandemic? I wish it was completely past us, but you know, in know. this new world, what are some ways you guys have been innovating at Mosaic? Yeah, I mean, I think a bit of it, right? Like I, 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 uh, it was how to mourn quickly initially was, was that kind of concept of, of, you know, I was early, I guess, in my leadership, I was, I'd been a part of Mosaic's team, but when I came back from New York, like kind of coming back to my faith and making it my own, I was a mess, you know? Mm-hmm. So the, I, my dad really treat, I think my dad really brought me on. It was like, look, the church messed you up and the church is going to help you get better. Wow. And so that those first few years uh, were just, I think, rehab, you know, were mm-hmm. just me trying to get, and I didn't go to rehab, but just spiritual rehab, like learning how to worship again, learning that it's, there's a safe space and there's a really dangerous space being in the church that is both at, at both times at any given moment. And then also, uh, so when I started Venice, Mosaic Venice was up, that was my campus. It was my thing. It was the thing that I got to, to bring something to and uh, give my all into. And, and it was the first time he had kind of moved me out of creative and it's like, Hey, go, go do it. We trust you ish. We kind of trust you. <laughs> Here's some training wheels, but go do it. And you got to make it work. And I remember at one point, like begging him to kill it. We were, we were dying slow, a slow death. We'd gotten kicked out of every venue just for noise complaints or just it just didn't work or too expensive. We ended up in this little warehouse called the Rose Room. And I called him and said, put us out of our misery. Like, <laughs> fire me. Take the other ones back. I had one other staff guy. Take, take, take them back. Fire me. I failed. And he just laughed and was like, look, it's because you won't take the risk, right? So we, we did Venice. And, and the week before pandemic, we had our biggest week. We broke oh. 600 people. Oh my gosh. Wow. And, and I was so sad, like the staff meeting where he brought us all in and we're like, look, we're all going to have to go into quarantine. Like, this is it up to us. They're going to shut us. They're shutting us down. No one can meet. Venice is closed and you know, figure it out. We don't know what we're going to do. And so immediately we had to innovate, right? I met with my team and said, look, if we don't go and make this the best online content in the world, none of us will have jobs in a year. You know, wow. So I think the innovation became really quick. Like we went from being a campus pastor to just being a producer. My, mm-hmm. you know, my right hand was like a worship leader. Now he's just there editing and mixing sound. So the initial was just, this is war. And how do you adapt? Yeah. You know, and then it became a war of the mind. How do you manage the mental health kind of situations being locked in your house for six months? Yeah. You know? And, and it's such a different concept, a foreign concept for so many people in our country. And I wish I lived in Texas during all this. So many times <laughs> did I send my dad like a Zillow notification, like we could move, we could yeah. live in a, we could live on a ranch. Yeah, exactly. But I think as far as like innovation, I think a lot of it was just being able to adapt, adapting and, and, and adapting quickly and not becoming too uh, comfortable in any situation. You know, now I've been replaced as the producer for our content and now I'm working on it, the next thing. And so much of it was being able to adjust and go, we can't meet in person and we don't know if they're ever coming back. So many of my friends have moved from Los Angeles to different states, yeah. to different cities. I think 6 million people last year in, in the US changed the zip codes. Wow. 
And so we're, we just realized we had, it was a new world. And, and it's, it's funny. I laughed on our first opening Sunday because I mean, man, we were so small. Yes. And I, I just, I was like, we were smaller than what we were in Venice when we were dying. Yeah. And yeah. I looked at our team and said, well, we'll probably never be this small again. So you got to enjoy it. But if yeah. we don't grow it, none of us have jobs. So we've got to <laughs> we gotta figure this out. We've, we've got to figure this out. And so a lot of it, I think, has just been constantly being, seeing what the next thing is, right? And yeah. taking the time. And, and we met with our, I met with our creative team this last week and said, I don't, I don't care about being the coolest church on Instagram or, or having the best graphics in the world. I want us to be innovative and I want us to see where the next space is for us. And so I think I would say that a lot of it is just, keeping our eyes open and going, what is, what is it? Yeah. And being able to identify it. And so many times, you know, we're behind the ball, but I think a lot of times we can, we are able to just have the eyes to see where the, 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 the creative tide is going, you know? Well, and that's what I love about, you know, the work that you guys do at Mosaic and you know, part of our almost 13 years there was just the way we would try to reach the person who's not being reached by anyone else that wouldn't be reached right. by anyone else. Yeah. And that's where you're dabbling with fashion and, you know, working with, I mean, even your hat, I think you were part of that company. Right? Yeah. We're, I'm not a pagan. My best friend's last name is, so his name is Matt Pagan and he served professionally for like 10 years. And when he became one of our pastors at Mosaic, my dad had harassed us and like, you guys should start a surf company called Pagan. Like, how cool is that name? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it'll make everyone angry. And he's like, only for a little while until they realized two guys who love Jesus own it. Yeah. So we, that I was surfing this morning and we were surfing Pagan surfboards and we were taking out two friends who don't know God and, and know Mosaic and know us and, and, it, and they're riding our boards and it was just, it's so cool. That's so, awesome. We're trying to we're trying to create second spaces, third spaces in every like facet yeah. of our life. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's what I love. I mean, even as you guys have continued with, I mean, really one of the most beautiful online experiences on Sunday. A lot yeah. of churches kind of, you know, just survived, uh, but you guys right. really took things up a notch, and you've added back live and in person, and you've kept yeah. both going. How has that been challenging? <laughs> ask me in like a month um no it's it's been it's been so challenging because because you you realize that you know before covid you needed pastors you know and it doesn't mean you don't need them now but we needed editors we needed guys who could right. literally cut footage 12 hours a day to turn around a gathering and then also to do it in spanish and to do it in the other languages that we're doing it in so there was just so many different components and doing doing like i guess live television or pre-recorded and edited content in only five days turnaround is really hard. Yeah. You're not doing Netflix in five days. No. You know, so to have to like record worship, record a message, to mix and master, to all, to all these things. And and then now to like build teams again. And then to just convince your old leaders like, hey, church is good. Come back. <laughs> right. Right. It's been tough. Right. And, and yeah. uh, one, one exciting thing is, is, you know, I would say that like, you know, every church has people who leave. We've had so many people move away and we've had so many people, you know, come off, go off team, but they got great jobs. They're just mm. really busy. So we've found that like most of our creatives have just been really working hard, that our business yeah. guys have just been exhausted working, building their businesses. They're still giving. They're just not coming as often. Isn't that something? It's yeah. so we interesting. We had the exact same experience. I mean, 
uh, the, one of the campuses, the one I lead right now is, you know, yeah. we have about 800 every Sunday and 400 givers. And now yeah. we have 200 coming and 400 givers and, and not all the four, same 400. We have people right. move and, yeah. and part of the thing I've seen you guys do really well and even curious because a lot of times when I was at Mosaic, we would innovate, you know, again, it's all about reaching people. It's not just doing right. something new for the sake of doing something new. Right. Uh, it's trying to keep up with what the spirit might want to do. And, and LA is a fast moving town. But one right. of the things I noticed in there, when you guys weren't able to meet, you moved towards encouraging people to watch in their homes. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you kept people who have left Los Angeles, I would imagine. Is that what you've seen? Yeah, yeah now you have people all over the world. So we, we moved to a strategy where, well, I don't even know if it's a strategy. We just built a bucket that's we called it Mosaic Houses. And basically, just everyone who was leaving was like, we don't want to leave Mosaic. But, you know, I'm going back home. So, you know, our average age is 26 years old. Yeah. And and that's an increase even from when you were here. That's probably um, true. And yeah. so you know we have our we have our campus. It's in the suburbs in South Pasadena, and they're awesome. They they give generously. They know that Hollywood is where the children go, <laughs> and they and, and they fund it. But they're you know even them like they're amazing families who've been with us for decades, but they're not coming to church as much. Right. And I think yeah. a lot of it is fear. I think a huge part of it has to do with like if you're in LA. And your kid gets sick, they're out of school for two weeks. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, so they don't want to get COVID and there's kind of a fear mentality and, or even just an exhausted mentality of like, yeah. I can't not work for two weeks. I got to yeah. get back to it, you know? So yeah. for us, we did mosaic houses. We opened 400 houses during pandemic Wow. around the world. I don't even know how we deal with that. We're constantly just feeding content and pushing our messages, but also pushing all of, you know, creative summits and different leadership summits and we're trying to build masterclass courses for communication and really just create like a do-it-yourself like if you're in austin do this if you're in well not austin because you guys are there and you guys are wonderful but if you're in other cities around the world right, just right. grab some of your friends and pull them together and watch church and so for us it was kind of this underground church that was a little bit subversive to to the man and the government and it was our way of going trying to like be within the guidelines and figure things out. So, you know, we're subversive by nature, but also trying to play along, play, play well with others, you know? I love it. Well, to me, in this new world, like you said, some people, it, yeah. it's not, it's not fear. It's, it's exhaustion. It's, they're sick. You know, it's like all yeah. of a sudden having these different opportunities for people to connect and almost helping people learn how to make their faith their own. Like Sundays right. becomes a beautiful bonus, but it, it needs to be yes. a part of our life. For sure. Uh, but I mean, you guys, you know, in Los Angeles and here in Austin, I mean, we're a little blue dot in a big old red state. And, you know, yeah. where we live, I mean, some of these folks have said they're not coming back till everyone's vaccinated. And I haven't had yeah. the heart to tell them yet. That's probably not going to happen, you know. Right. Uh, right. But, but there is a sense of like, it's challenging. You had to be a good steward of the people you're trying to reach. And they happen to be very progressive yeah. thinking people. Yeah. And so yeah. they're not going to be coming back as much. But I did yeah. want to ask, I mean, it's kind of, I guess the, the 10 years, I don't know if your dad's ever told you this, but at one point I told him, I kind of felt like maybe my job was to uh, help him until you were ready to help him. Huh. And, and I yeah. think there was a little bit of a gap in between, but, but yeah. I was there almost, you know, 13 years. You've, I think, been back almost 10 years, something like 10 that. 10 years, yeah. Yeah. And wow. I know before yeah. you were a kid, but I would love to hear your thoughts on for those who know Mosaic and used to come out when we do conferences all the time, what have you seen change in your culture 
as in terms of reaching, in terms of even how you relate with each other and yeah. and discipling. Like I've seen some changes, but I would love to hear some of the things you felt as you've been there and leading. Since you've been gone? Yeah. Which is not just a Kelly Clarkson song. That's right. Um, yeah. I mean, I think a huge part of it was, I think when you, you know, when I was coming back from New York, I, I think we had just moved to Hollywood. Maybe like That's two right. years. That's Were, correct. So had, you, had you been to Hollywood a little bit? Uh, no, that happened after I left. There were seven okay. campuses okay. Uh, and they were like Whittier. They were smaller, you know, San Diego. Uh, we, we had seven yeah, Pomona, campuses, Berkeley. Yeah, that's right. Pat, that's right. Yeah, Berkeley. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when I came back, there was just the Hollywood campus. And so, and it was busting at the seams. Right. It yeah. was gigantic. And in one year, I think, five churches that were pretty big communicators came to LA and started. Right. And, you know, so it was like yep. it was Hillsong, it was church home. It was all, it was away. It was all these guys and they're wonderful. And it was, and it, and it really did change, you know, the, the, the demographic in Los Angeles, the topography, the spiritual topography of it. Cause I think before there was a lot of churches that were very different and maybe the opposite in theology. Whereas now it was kind of a lot of young guys coming that at least were just kind. Yeah. And they all were for each other, but it definitely like, it definitely affected the church, but it, you know, my dad always responds in really interesting ways. So immediately he was like, all right, let's open up another campus. Let's go to South Pasadena. Let's right. go for all the families that are living over there. And let's just build a church there. We've never done it. We've never catered yeah. to the families. Yeah. yeah. And we had, we had a great sit down, you know, I'm not going to claim that it was my idea at all, but I did say, I was like, you know, you always are so progressive. You go to the new next location. The, the other people, they still like you. <laughs> right, right. Don't leave them. Keep them. Yes. And so we opened South Pass. And since then, we had, I think at the peak, we had opened eight campuses. Wow. So well, we and had, you hit had, bigger yeah. cities too, right? You yes, started we, doing Seattle and Monterey Seattle and, and Mexico City. And Mexico City. And, and mm-hmm. so, and now we're talking about doing some stuff in Asia and, and, the, and, and the Southern Hemisphere and and, you know, it's, it's, it's been a really like remarkable. So at, at one point and I was leading Venice and we had, we had seven other campuses that were going and we were at, we were the biggest we had been since that singular campus wow. and, and to be in so many different cities, it was remarkable. So I think well, since you've been gone, I think a huge part of it has been taking new ground, building into new leaders, really trusting other people's voices and just developing the next generation on so many different levels, um, which has been really exciting. And it's been mm-hmm. been great to be a part of. And yeah. I think that was part of the, the vision. You know, if you're allowed to bring any vision as like a young guy, I was like, I was telling the guy who, who kind of took over after you, I was just, I was like, it, this thing is going to be so big that it's going to take hundreds of us. You know, it isn't about one singular person and one singular person carries the vision in our church, but there was so many, so much room for more. And yeah. what I love about my dad is he was so enabling and so and so um and so supportive of Emerson Nowatney. Emerson Nowatney was literally the carpenter at Mosaic. He wow. was the guy who like built stuff. He built tables or helped renovate the Hollywood location. He spoke maybe five times before launching the campus. Mexico, and, yeah. And Mexico. And now it's one of our biggest campuses. It has thousands of people, you know, tens of thousands of people come to Jesus and to to, to think that would have come out of Hollywood you know, t- 12 years ago is just wild. That is amazing. So, so you know, I don't know, like what, what's changed so much. We, we simplified a lot. 
Yeah. You know, we're, we've, we, we've always fluctuated in staff. We have big staffs and then we have small staffs. And so I will say the thing about Mosaic that's always really fascinating to me is it just really just always is adapting and innovating, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I can see even from my experience, you know, coming back when have we been able to, I feel like you've been right in the middle of this. Your dad uh, and on the Sundays I've been there and listened online, there's a call to follow Jesus way more yes. often than when I was yes. there. There's yes. a increased kind of spiritual temperature, like worship is now actually yeah. a call to do it. You know, I yes. remember sometimes yes. the songs that we'd written were, you know, was this a, is this a ballad for your girlfriend or who, what is this? I, yeah. 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 But, I think but it's I, very know, explicitly now about Jesus. It's, it's so, it's so explicitly about Jesus and it, and it's, and it's, um, I think for us, it's, it's just, we wanted to make it as simple as we could, right? Like you come in and worship, you might feel a little uncomfortable, but you know, the goal is that it's good enough and that it's, uh, and that it's inclusive enough to where you feel like you want to be engaged and be involved. And I love it when friends come and they're like, wait, you guys wrote these songs. Hmm. Like what, we, they're on spot. You're on Capitol records. Like, we don't understand. Like why would yeah. a church be on a record label? And so it's been a huge gift, right? Like I really do think that God is, God is honored, given us the honor, right. To just put music out there and help build that for the world. And then with the books, but also just the message. Like, I think it's really simple, right? We do worship. We have a host. And then we do a message and we do an altar call and people come to Jesus and, and it's remarkable. Right. Yeah. And so we try not to like reinvent the wheel. I mean, when you were at Mosaic, there was dances, there was art, there was, <laughs> and there is now it's just in a different way. Right. Yeah. So we're utilizing different tools to kind of, to kind of be an example of that. Yeah. I love the intentionality, the simplicity and, and honestly, the authenticity, I feel like kind of circling back to even the way you and Erwin, your, your father talk about life and the big yeah. questions you have and the struggles yeah. you have, like it's very yeah. refreshing and super helpful, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think I just got to a place, man, where like there, there was just, there was no room for me in a perfect church <laughs> to be really honest, you know, and, yeah. and I was young and I think I was a really wonderful kid and a really tough uh, young adult. <laughs> and so when I think when I got to like high school, college, I was just really, I was just really, I don't know if it was bitter or just not necessarily the kindest human being. And I was really afraid of a lot of things. And, and I lived my life in a way that reflected that. And so when I came back, I was like, look, there's, you know, you look at what's happening with these big pastors all over the world. And I'm like, man, I was, I was that as a kid, I was yeah. just a mess, just yeah. not knowing what was right and mm. knowing what was right and doing the opposite. And so you know, I'm grateful. Like the thing I love so much about my dad is, is he gave me space to, to come, to come to a place of healing, come to a place where the sin wasn't the focus. And, and I think I was such a mess. It was, it was pouring out everywhere. Right. So it wasn't like I could hide it. I mean, one of the first <laughs> things back, he was like, you know, you need to stop smoking cigarettes. Right. And I was like, I'm so sorry. You know, and he's like, no, you just like, it's just not good for you. My dad's my dad is one of those people who will never throw the Bible at you. Who just throw human like logic. Right, right, right. Like if you smoke, you're you're just you'll die. <laughs> right. It's like scientifically proven. <laughs> it's scientific. Don't do it. You're a, you're you're not dealing with like your anxiety and, and the stuff that's going on inside of you. Maybe just the best that your soul is is in. And so you know, like for for me, it, it's it's been a healing place. And so and I had to make that choice, right? Like, am I going to build something that that can help people that were like me? Or am I going to build something where everyone has to show up and feel as if they had to, you know, shower 10 times before they got here, right. you know, right. and, and, and there was, and in Mosaic has been the, the, the hardest place 
for me to be at some points and has been the most wonderful, safest space for me to be mm-hmm. and, and others. And so, so coming back and having the, the podcast and talking about the things we talk about was probably like a response to not wanting to get canceled. Mm-hmm. And also like, you know, we, we have celebrities that will come at us and, you know, you guys are a cult and I'm like, okay, please show us how let's, let's logically have a conversation about how we're a cult and answer questions. And we want to answer questions. And so I think a lot of it was just going, how do we, how do we have really open conversations that make us feel uncomfortable? We've taken it too far and gotten in <laughs> trouble. I've definitely gotten calls from my mom saying we needed this episode. <laughs> um, but, it, but we, and we want to go further. Right. And the, and the, and the goal is never to do to be provocative for provocative right. sake. I don't no. I would never call us provocative. I would just say that we're we're just willing to have the, the uncomfortable, ugly conversation about things. Yeah. No, that's for sure. And I'm grateful you're doing it. Thanks for sharing a little bit with us today, Aaron. Keep up Thank the great you, work and it's great to see you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us on the Post Christian Podcast. More resources available at ericbryant.org.